We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detaya along with Charlie Long in studio. And we're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Jason Lockenfora. Insider calls are presented by the Odyssey NFL Draft Show. Join Jason and Brian Baldinger on the first night of the draft for an inside scoop on all the best prospects for all the NFL teams and the Saints. It all starts Thursday, April 27th at 6 p.m. Central on the free Odyssey app. Jason, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, I'll give you my take real quick on the Aaron Rodgers deal. If if you told me I got multiple years with Rodgers, th- this makes sense to me. But I'm not real sure Aaron Rodgers knows how long he's going to play other than 2023. And I think you have an owner here. Uh, I'm not real yeah. sure Joe Douglas and Robert Sala were, were the driving force behind nope. Aaron Rodgers. This is all Woody Johnson saying, listen, I'm 76 years old. Y'all done yep. sung me this uh, song and dance every year about a quarterback's going to take me to the promised land. You go out and get Aaron Rodgers. He's the closest thing we can get. And if it's one year, it's one year. But I'm willing to do it. Go out and make this deal done. Uh, your, your thoughts on that? Because again, yeah. it's all—it's not about 2023. And Aaron makes them competitive, certainly in that division and in the AFC with a really good young defense. And you got some big time pieces with Bryce Hall and with Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, in in the at wide receiver and halfback. But I don't know how long this is going to last with Aaron. No, it. It reeks of Woody Johnson. It reeks of desperation. I mean, remember Woody Johnson when the season ended, and he was he was you know an ambassador in the UK for a while. He was off the grid. His brother Chris was running things. His brother Chris is the one who really put this brain trust intact. And Woody's been dying to get his hands back on it. And before they could even try to pretend that they could drum up a trade market for Wilson, um, Woody came out after the year and was like, "Our payroll's not that high. I got a lot of money put aside for a quarterback." I'm, you know, we're get, we're, I'm going to spend it. And, you know, again, that's probably not the best way to tip your hand, but it became pretty clear that they were the only team that was willing to take Rodgers' contract as is. It may be the worst contract in professional sports. If he plays like he did last year, it will be the worst contract in professional sports. Um, then you factor in the toxicity. It's never his fault. What's he going to say to Pat McAfee every week? Does he really like being around young players? It didn't look like it in Green Bay. This is a young team. Um, Hackett, people look at the Nathaniel Hackett thing as a, as a positive. I think it's a negative. There's no guardrails. Nathaniel Hackett's beholden to him. He's not beholden to Nathaniel Hackett. If Aaron Rodgers is there for one year, it doesn't go well. i got news for you. They're all fired. So Nathaniel Hackett's going to capitulate to Rodgers because Rodgers is in charge. I don't think that dynamic's going to work very well. Um, you, you look at him even down the stretch last year when Green Bay was winning games. They were winning games with their defense and their special teams and their run game. Um, he wasn't prolific. He wasn't proficient. He's not used to being hit the way he'll probably be hit. And, I mean, I, I don't know. Dwayne Brown, another year of that, is that good enough? You know, Mekhi Becton, is that for real? Like, are we sure he's ever going to be an NFL thing after how the last two years have gone? So, no, I see a lot of buyer beware. Um, it's a guy who's had one foot out the door for a while. I think this has more to do with him flipping the bird at the Packers on the way out than anything else and collecting that next and final $60 million. Then I think it's over. I don't think they're going to want him. I don't think he's going to want them. There was no market for him outside of the Jets um, at that kind of salary now. I think this will be um, fairly ugly. Uh, Maybe they're, you know, could they win nine games or something like that? Sure. 
Do I think they're going anywhere? No. And if it does go off to a slow start, um, I just wonder by Thanksgiving what kind of stuff's coming out of that locker room and, and how much turmoil there might be. Yeah, it was easy to handle media in Green Bay. Oh, different story. <laughs> yeah, Completely. go to New York now and see how it's done. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't think this is a good fit in a lot of different ways, and I do think it was driven by the owner. Uh, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. A uh, lot of rumors this weekend on Derrick Henry uh, leaving Tennessee, possibly in a, in a deal with the Eagles. Um, you got a new GM there in Tennessee. He doesn't know anybody anything, uh, to yeah. be honest with you. Yep. And you can see what he's doing to these contracts. It wouldn't shock me at all to see them move Derrick Henry. Now, nope. you got to eat that contract, which is a big one for a running yes. back. But if anybody would do it, I do think they've kind of pegged the right team in Philly. Yeah, I think, look, I think Philadelphia would drive a hard bargain there and say this is a salary dump. This isn't a football trade. You know, um, somehow you got to find, you know, if you could find a useful idiot like the Jets, you can turn a salary dump into a football trade. But it's a little different for a first ballot, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterback a year removed from the back, uh, back-to-back MVP campaigns. That's a little different than for a running back who has started to show wear and tear, right, who went from being the indomitable force who never got hurt despite all that workload to a guy who seems to be breaking down. Um, I don't think the Eagles would give him much. I think Howie Roseman would read that room a whole hell of a lot better than Woody Johnson did, you know, for Aaron Rodgers. And, um, I, you know, I also don't think it's out of the question that the Eagles take a running back 10th overall who they think will be much more dynamic in different ways than Derrick Henry because you don't have to take Robinson off the field ever, you know. And let, let's face it, Derrick Henry in the pass game, um, he'll occasionally take a screen to the house, but um, you're, you're not throwing the ball to him nearly as much as you would some other backs. So I, I think Tannehill and Derrick Henry are out of there. I don't know that they both happen. Um, necessarily before the draft or during the draft, but I do think they're ripping it down to the studs there, and I do think they're going to come away with one of these quarterbacks, whether someone falls to them at 11 or whether they move up um, all the way to two or three, or maybe they move up somewhere like seven or eight. Uh, but I, I think the Titans are starting over with a new quarterback. With the commanders uh, in that situation now, would it shock you? If Hendon Hooker's on the board, that they pick him with the first overall pick? It, it would shock me a little bit, yeah. Um, I, I don't think that's the direction that, that they're going to go. Um, I think he'd have a hard time beating out Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. Um, they gave Jacoby Brissett real money. They're not going to give up on Sam Howell, you know, even if he has, like, not the greatest training camp. I don't know that they want to carry three, you know, at some point. You're going to have to carry Hooker. He's not going to be on Pop or whatever. I don't. I don't see that as being as interesting of a fit for him as I would say if Tennessee did trade down um, or even I Minnesota. Back to Minnesota. Yeah. I think Minnesota makes a lot of sense, and I know they've done a lot of work on him. Um, and they they may look at him as somebody who who makes a lot of sense. I do wonder about you guys in New Orleans a little bit. Uh, you know, I do wonder even about a team like the Rams coming into the first round, you know, thinking we're not going to be down for that long. We're not sure about Stafford's long-term health or short-term health. Um, you know, and we, we don't think we're going to be at bad enough to get one next year. You know, this might be our chance to swoop in and get a redshirt year from him. Um, I, don't, I don't think – if Washington hadn't signed Jacoby Brissett, 
I, I might say maybe, but I, I'm not. I don't. I think Washington's hoping a couple of corners are there, and I think Washington. I know for a fact Washington's very open to a trade down, as is Pittsburgh, as are a lot of clubs in the teens. I guess the question is, what is somebody else coming up for? Yeah, uh, the other thing too is, as we get a little bit closer and doing this for as long as I have. The two areas that's always the big men, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you, yeah. you never have enough, especially pass rushers. And this is a good group of pass rushers. Now, I've, I've added a third throughout the years, and that's cover corners. Yeah. Come on. Now with three wideouts and a flex tight end, how the hell am I going to go up against these guys? I got to get cover cornerbacks. I'm interested with the Saints' point of view is that, you know, you look from 25 to like 45, that's going to be a lot of edge guys kind of peel off the board at that time and some interior guys. I think the Saints stay and and go big men there, and I think it's going to be defensive line. It very well could be. You know, it very well could be the D-tackle from Clemson. You know, I'm not sure if he's still there. He may be. That might make sense. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it's a, it's a tough. I mean, I got to be honest with you. When you start getting into like the mid twenties with this draft, where there's not as many blue chip players as in some other ones, and the quarterback stuff is still up in the air, we don't really have closure there. It gets tricky. Um, you know, there might be an, an edge. The kid from Iowa State might be sitting there, and he might be better than everything else is there. I I do think though. Um, you know, D tackle might make some sense. I, I think the Lions probably go in that direction the second time around. So that might cut into it a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think the trenches probably make sense, right? From the inside out, where's the value going to be? What has been picked through the most? You know, are there some of these pass rushers who, I mean, I, it seems to be that things are all over. Like, I've done some, you know, like I'm kind of preparing for my mock draft. I did a bunch of different iterations of, okay, what do I think would happen, blah, 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 blah. I, I still had the kid from Clemson there, you know, in one of them that I did. I, I just – I don't get a sense that certain teams love certain guys to the degree where I'm like, he's definitely gone by here, he's definitely gone by there. I think, you know, the, the upside on all of them is, is, is limited. You know, there's not a Bosa, there's not a Chase Young, and there, there's not even that second tier, the likes of which I think we've seen. Like, there's a lot of guys who are going to play in the league and probably play for a long time, and it's really deep. But I'm not sure how much separation there is from, you know, the fourth edge versus the, the tenth edge in this draft or the eighth. Uh, so I think it's going to be really telling when it comes out in the wash how these teams have done different evaluations. Jason, I have five cornerbacks going in the top 23 picks. <laughs> I think, again, yeah. it goes back to that, man, you need guys that can cover. And yeah. there are five guys here that are – and this is a good cornerback class. It really is. Uh, yeah. When you look at talent up front and depth, but five guys going in the top 23. Again, you got to be able to cover the Jamar Chases and the Devontae Adams of the world, and yep. they're going to find a weak spot in your secondary. You just can't have two, and sometimes you just can't have three. You better have four corners that can match in this league because they are going to break the chain if you don't. No, I'm completely with you, and I, I think we'll see um, two in the top – 10 or so picks, and then you're going to have a couple more come off probably in the early teens. I think the safety from Alabama is going to go somewhere um, in the mid-teens to, you know, maybe Baltimore at 22 if they stay there. I absolutely think there's five. I'm with you. There's five or six DBs gone, um, I think, in the first 22 picks. 
Jason, going to the top of the draft, the team that I've heard like the most about and still have no idea exactly what they're going to do is the Houston Texans with the second <laughs> overall pick. Yeah. There's been so much buzz about, oh, like I, they don't even know what they're going to do. But if you're Nick Casario and it's Thursday night and you have the second overall pick and you're on the clock, what do you do? What would you do? Would you take Stroud? Would you take the best defensive player available yeah. like Anderson or maybe even swing for Carter? Or would you trade back in the draft? Maybe get some extra well, And I'd throw Tyree Wilson in that yes, group, too. Yes, uh, yep. I, they definitely want to trade out. I mean, if they're on the clock, that's bad news for them um, because they, they've been really hoping to move that pick. And maybe you could still do it in the final minutes, but that's, that's kind of tricky. And somebody's probably moving up for a quarterback, which means they'd probably rather do it if there's a trade to be had there and there's fair value sooner rather than later. I mean, what would I do? I would take Jalen Carter and, and just go high risk, high reward. Um, I, I probably would, would lean into that proposition. I don't think that's what they would do. I, I do think if they're comfortable with Tyree Wilson's foot and they can't trade down, I think that would be the pick. Um, and look, I, the thing that people aren't talking enough about, and I did write about this at the Washington Post recently, if C.J. Stroud has any other agent other than David Moletta, I think C.J. Stroud's the pick, but they went to war with him over Deshaun Watson, and from what I gather, yep. that owner cannot bring himself, you know, to make the next face of the franchise, right, the next top-of-the-draft quarterback from that same, you know, agency that they had so much bad blood with for, a, 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 you know, for years over Deshaun Watson, and that wound is still pretty fresh. You know, the other two quarterbacks don't rate as high for them, and there's some projectability. I know the betting markets over the weekend started kind of – Levis entering that terrain, I don't think it's Levis unless the Colts move to two, thinking they've got to beat somebody else there to make sure they get a guy. And I do believe their guy is Levis. I've heard it for months. Maybe it's all smoke, but I'm still inclined to believe it. Um, But if they stay, I think they take the defensive player that they're most comfortable with. Um, And, again, if, if, if the medical rechecks look okay on that foot, I think it's Wilson. With one of the guys that it's universal, I don't care who I've talked to, and it's about B. John Robinson. And I'll tell a man, listen, yeah. he's unique as a running back, not only as an inside runner, he can kick it to the edge, he can catch the ball so well, he's a good pass protector, and he's unique. You, you don't find yeah. too many guys that size with that speed and power. And then I'll always ask him, would you take him with a top 10 pick? Oh, uh, man, I'm not real sure about that. And you yeah. always get that part of it. Man, I tell you what, people here in New Orleans, they would knock the enamel off their teeth if he ends up in Atlanta. Yeah, I just, boy. I I don't know that'll happen, but that would be sort of worst-case scenario that he ends up as a Falcon. Yeah, a lot of people are hearing it. That's sort of gaining some traction. Um, Boy, if they took that over a shot at a quarterback, that would really kind of shock me, but crazy crazy things happen. Uh, look, I think he starts coming into play there. I think he's he's a possibility for the Eagles at 10. If one of those top two corners are there for the Eagles, though, and I also hear they really like the Lucas Van Ness kid, but, you know, all things being equal, I think Bijan's in the equation there. I currently have him slotted to go to Belichick at 14. I don't think he cares what anybody thinks of his draft. He's told you that for years yeah. with a lot of the things he's done, and he doesn't have dynamic football players on his offense. And he seems like he wants to play a throw book throwback style of play anyway ball control win with defense I mean so he doesn't really like the quarterback he's got right now so I I could see him leaning into it I think Washington would have a real strong conversation about it 
if he was still on the board when they picked. So I think he's going in the first half of the first round. Um, and, may, and maybe it is Atlanta. Um, but, boy, oh, boy, if that's the case, they, they better hope that most of these quarterbacks aren't very good because they, they, they really, they've handled that situation in a bizarre fashion going back to the last Matt Ryan contract extension, which is a while ago. I'm not real sure, though, there's a player in this draft class who will give them a quicker turnaround on a first-round pick than Bijan. It could be, but boy, oh boy, you better be able to push. It's great to have all these weapons they have, but if the quarterback is not a starting caliber quarterback, you know, even in that watered-down division, I just don't know how far you're going to go in the modern game without having a guy um, who you have to respect pushing the ball downfield and being able to attack all quadrants. And I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't hate what I saw from Ritter down the stretch whatsoever, but I, I also don't think that. Um, that even they thought he was all that in real time. Otherwise, he would have played center. Yep, I agree. Jason, you already kind of gave your thoughts on Rodgers' fit in New York, but I want to get your thoughts on the return that the Packers got, obviously the kind of pick swap in this first year, uh, first round of the NFL draft, 15 and 13, but then also a couple of extra picks, a second-round pick this year, a six-round pick, a conditional 2024 second that can become a first. Do you think yeah. that the Jets got – or gave up too much for Rodgers yes. at this – okay, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I again, uh, reporting on this weeks, months ago, talked to a lot of people around the league, and gosh, it had to be January, February, and said, look, just if you watch his film last year and you strip away the past, because you're not buying the past, you're buying the present, what is he worth on the open market? And people thought, you know, $20 million, you know? Like, that's a $20 million quarterback. It's not a $60 million quarterback. If you're making me pay – all sixty million. I'm not giving you more than a five. You know what I mean? Or maybe a five that moves to a four. If you're willing to eat half the contract, then that's we. You know, we can start having a different conversation. But he, he what? What? Maybe he was hurt. This or that. Whatever. He's forty years old. There was no other market for him. And if you had waited till the other side of the draft, or you had just spent a weekend in Florida talking to Lamar Jackson and his mom, I guarantee you. Um, you'd get a whole, you'd have got him for a whole hell of a lot less than what they ultimately panicked and gave him. Jason, last question: the, the tight end class, which is good this year, and yeah. and you have two for sure: Michael yeah. Mayer and and Dalton Kincaid, who I really yeah. like. Hopefully, the the back uh, is good, and it seems to be from all indications it is. the The third name I hear a lot about, and uh, again, there's some health issues with him. Luke Musgrave from Oregon State. Now, he's got some genetics uh, with his dad being a former quarterback. We all know about his uncle and Bill yep. Musgrave and that sort of thing. Had he played the entire season, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But he did miss time, and then he goes to the Senior Bowl, and he pulls up there. Yeah. Your, your thoughts on Luke, because I could see him going late in round one to a team even like the Saints. Or him falling very early into round two? Yeah, I think some of it's going to kind of depend on what does a team like the Packers do, right? Like, do they take a tight end and just say we want to get the best of breed there? Or do they feel like it's more, hey, we're going to get a playmaker like a Zay Flower? You know, they've got to get more stuff for love. Or I guess they could, they could also go offensive line. But, you know, does, I, is the first pass catcher off the board a tight end or a wide receiver, you know? And – there are certainly some of these teams who would prefer to err on the side of caution with some of these tight ends rather than to you know, project on a Quentin Johnson or whatever. Um, I think Tugo, 
don't think more than two go, but I don't know because we're talking about the back end. The Bengals certainly could be looking that way. Um, there, there's a there's a number of teams. Um, you know, even Andy Reid, like, is Kelsey going to play forever? You know what I mean? What would happen to that offense if Kelsey ever went down? So I, I'm by no means saying I'm adamant that it's just two. I think there's at least two. And, and yeah, again, it's like we're Lowry looking at pass rusher six, right? We're looking at offensive lineman seven. We're looking at tight end three. We're looking at wide receiver, you know, probably three or four. And who values what the most? Jason, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Long week for us, but, uh, man, give us great information. Always appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Thank All right. You. That was Odyssey NFL Insider Jason Lockenfora. Insider calls are presented by the Odyssey NFL Draft Show. Join Jason and Brian Balding on the first night of the draft for an inside scoop on the best prospects for the Saints and all of the 31 teams. It all starts Thursday, April 27th at 6 p.m. on the free Odyssey app. 